0: This is Jennifer Gonzalez welcoming you to episode 81 of the Cult of Pedagogy podcast. In this episode, we're going to explore the great and powerful graphic organizer. Some of our most powerful instructional tools have been hanging around forever, just waiting for us to notice them. One of those tools is the graphic organizer. It's so simple, just a few shapes and lines, nothing fabulous, no bells or whistles, and yet beneath its simplicity lies an absolute dynamo, a vehicle that can cement learning more firmly than a lot of the other stuff we try in a lot less time. So in this episode, we will look at why graphic organizers are so powerful, explore 10 ways to use them that you may not have tried, and consider a few important tips for using them with the greatest impact. Before we start, I would like to thank today's sponsor WriteAbout.com, a platform that helps your students to fall in love with writing. WriteAbout.com is a writing community and publishing platform for classrooms and schools, a place for daily writing across all genres and purposes. We know that choice and audience motivate student writers, and WriteAbout has the custom environment you need to safely leverage that engagement in your ELA or content area lessons. If your school has a goal to increase how much students are writing, the WriteAbout school platform is simple and affordable. Make writing across your community more visible and collaborative this year. Visit WriteAbout.com to start for free. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of great ideas. I also did a lot of research on graphic organizers, and you're probably going to want to write stuff down or look things up. Just know that you can relax. Everything I talk about in this episode will be over on my website. Just go to cultofpedagogy.com, click podcast, and go to episode 81. You'll find a full blog post with notes on everything I talk about here, plus a link to where you can buy my absolutely gorgeous graphic organizer multi-pack. It's a collection of 15 fully editable graphic organizer designs available in PowerPoint for Windows or Mac and Google Slides, so you and your students can use them however you like for years to come. Again, head to cultofpedagogy.com, click podcast, and go to episode 81. So we're going to start by looking at why graphic organizers work so well. According to Alan Paivio's theory of dual coding, which has been around since 1971, humans process information in both visual and verbal form. When we see the word book, we picture a book in our minds because we've had plenty of real life experiences with books. When we're learning new words or concepts, it's helpful to try to form mental images for those ideas to reinforce their meanings. While some approaches like doodling and visualizing apply this theory by having learners create physical and mental pictures of concepts, a graphic organizer keeps the words but arranges them on a page visually so we better understand how concepts are related. Decades of research with various age groups and in different content areas has shown that in general, when graphic organizers are incorporated into instruction, student learning improves. Graphic organizers also help us meet the needs of all learners. Presenting information in both text and graphic formats is one of the most basic ways to make a lesson accessible to more students, and this is the basis of what we call universal design for learning. Graphic organizers definitely fit the bill there. In fact, much of the research on graphic organizers has focused on how powerfully they can impact the learning of students with learning disabilities and special needs. But the idea of universal design for learning is that you're not even necessarily trying to create a differentiated, you know, alternative to a lesson. You're trying to design any lesson so that it would be accessible to all students, regardless of their sort of learning styles or whether or not they have learning disabilities. Okay, so that's just a little bit of a quick overview of the research Now we're going to get into my favorite part, which is 10 uses for graphic organizers. And hopefully by listening to this, you will hear at least one idea that will just pop a light bulb over your head and make you realize, oh, I could do that. Um, Chances are you probably have used graphic organizers for something, but I'm really hoping that something on this list is something you've never thought of before. Okay, so number one would be to use graphic organizers for note-taking. Have students use graphic organizers to take notes on their reading when they are doing research, while they are watching a film or video, or while listening to a podcast. If you are already familiar with the content that they're gonna be consuming and how it's structured, you might choose or design an organizer ahead of time for students that would go along with that text. Because research says, the, having a teacher-created organizer can actually be more effective and efficient than having students create their own. So having students use them for note-taking is the first use. The second use is using graphic organizers as lecture support. And this is a little different from note-taking because this is on the teacher end. So instead of giving a lecture with a standard PowerPoint or an outline, consider presenting your content in the form of a graphic organizer and this could be something that you build over the course of a a lecture presentation not necessarily that you show them the entire thing completed at once but that as you are you know presenting information to, to students or doing some sort of direct instruction that you build the information in a graphical form so that they can see how the concepts relate to each other Along those same lines, if you're going to have students do presentations, you know, and a lot of teachers do this, they have kids sort of give PowerPoint presentations or something, consider having them present their information in the form of a graphic organizer as well. Number three is as a pre-writing tool, and this is probably one of the most common uses for graphic organizers. So having students use graphic organizers to plan and structure their ideas before putting them into a draft is a common practice in English language arts classes. If you've never tried it, it's worth adding this into your writing process, especially if you teach a content area where writing isn't a regular part of student work. If you maybe teach science and your school is encouraging you to incorporate more writing, having students organize their ideas in a graphic organizer before they draft their writing piece is a really smart idea. One warning, though, do not treat those graphic organizers as the writing piece. Have students just jot notes in these instead of having them write complete sentences. The bulk of the student writing time should be spent actually drafting their piece. I've seen, you know, in some cases where students will spend an hour trying to fill out a graphic organizer because they're writing out their entire paper in those spaces. So you don't want that. They need to be taught how to write, you know, in bullet points and fragments. Okay, so we've talked about using a graphic organizer to take notes, using it to present information in a lecture or direct instruction, using it as a pre-writing tool. Number four is text illustrations. If and when your students do expository or argumentative writing consider having them add a graphic organizer to their finished product to illustrate a concept in their piece. In this case the organizer would not be a pre-writing tool, so this is a different use for it. They're not, you know, organizing their whole piece of writing on that organizer. In this case it would be a supportive diagram to aid in their own reader's comprehension the people reading their, their writing. Now, this may not work for all topics, but if a student is writing about how bees make honey, for example, a diagram that shows the process from flower to honey would go a lot further to help their reader understand than, say, a downloaded image of a bee hovering over a flower, which is typically what a lot of students would want to do. Now, they could do that also, but show them how to really enhance their text with, uh, with diagrams and as the students learn how to create diagrams to support their own texts, they will be then more likely to pay attention to the diagrams that appear in the text they read. So it's going to serve an additional benefit of just making them more attentive to those types of diagrams. The fifth use for graphic organizers is as a pre-reading tool. As students get older, and are faced with more challenging texts especially in content areas outside of English language arts. Their comprehension gets a considerable boost if they are trained to identify the text structure prior to reading. In other words to notice how the text is organized before they ever actually read the content itself. Some common text structures are compare and contrast, description, problem solution, cause and effect, and a general sequence of events. Once the structure has been identified, students can complete a supporting graphic organizer while they read and fill in the components as they encounter them. And this really, really helps them uh, work with more challenging text. There's a lot of research behind this. Another way, this is still number five, the pre-reading, another type of pre-reading graphic organizer is the KWL chart. And the KWL stands for know, uh, want to know, or learn. And sometimes that W is also substituted with wonder. These help Activate prior knowledge before reading, and they prime students to read with a purpose. And a lot of times, teachers will do KWL charts with the whole class. You sort of, you know, if we're again, if we're reading about bees, you say, well, "What does everybody know about bees?" and you start filling in that K column. Um, and a lot of times, in that discussion, you can start talking about. Well, you know, there may be two students will disagree about something, and that will end up giving you something to put in the W chart, something that they want to know. Maybe they aren't quite sure, do the stingers fall off and do the bees die after they sting? I've always heard that. I'm not sure that would be something that would go in the W. And so they fill out these first two columns and then when they go into reading, they start to answer those questions and they can fill that stuff in the L column, the things that they learned while they were reading. KWL charts can work for any age group, They can be used for single texts or even at the beginning, middle, and end of an entire unit. So those are the first five. We looked at note-taking, lecture support, a pre-writing tool to aid as a text illustration in students' own writing, and as a pre-reading tool. Before we go on with the second five ideas, I'd like to take a moment to thank our other sponsor, PeerGrade. PeerGrade is a platform that makes it easy to facilitate peer review in your classroom. Students review each other's work while PeerGrade takes care of anonymously assigning reviewers and delivering all the relevant insights to teachers. So students review each other's writing without ever knowing who's doing the reviewing. With PeerGrade, students learn to think critically and take ownership of their learning. They also learn to write kind and useful feedback for their peers. PeerGrade is free to use for teachers and students. To learn more, visit cultofpedagogy.com slash PeerGrade p-e-e-r-g-r-a-d-e. Okay now let's look at five more uses for graphic organizers. Number six is assessment. Instead of assessing student learning with a quiz, try having students complete a graphic organizer that shows the relationships between various terms or concepts. Even if you are giving them a quiz, consider adding this type of a graphic organizer as a question on a test or quiz. Although this is not going to work for all content, it might be just right for evaluating whether a student understands the bigger picture of a body of content. The seventh use for a graphic organizer is as a thinking tool. When we deliver content to students through lecture, readings, or video, Our next step after that initial direct instruction should be to have students interact with the content in some way. This can be accomplished with class discussions, lab work, project-based learning. Another simple class activity that gives students a chance to grapple with the content is completing a graphic organizer. In groups, pairs, or even on their own, Have students organize chunks of the content into graphic organizers and then compare their results to other groups. For example, if a foreign language class is studying vocabulary words for food, they could use a hierarchical organizer, sort of um, imagine like almost like a flowchart or something where there's a box at the top and then it branches out into two or three boxes and then each one of those branch out to more and more boxes. You could start with food, or whatever the language you know is, the other language's word for food is at the top, and then break that down into smaller groups like meats, fruits, vegetables, grains, and so on, and then underneath there, start to put the vocabulary words for those different types of thing. This kind of sorting gives students more interaction with the terms, and it helps them work with similarities and differences, which is another powerful instructional strategy. The 8th use for graphic organizers is for unit planning. When you are introducing a unit to students, show them how the parts of the unit fit together with a graphic organizer. Not only will this give them a sense of where you are in the unit at any given time, it should also help them understand why they are learning the individual parts. A bonus to doing this is that creating this graphic organizer yourself could help you decide what concepts are most important for students to learn and identify those other things that may be nice to know but aren't necessarily vital to student understanding. The ninth use for graphic organizers is for classroom management. Too often we hear management and we think of dealing with problems, but a huge part of effectively managing a classroom is making your policies, procedures, and expectations crystal clear. Teachers often make signs listing class rules and procedures in writing, but putting the most important ones into graphic form will increase the likelihood that students will follow them. So we have looked at nine so far. Let's review the sixes. Number six was assessment. Number seven is as a thinking tool to process the content. Eight was unit planning. Nine was classroom management with policies and procedures. And number 10 is retrieval practice. Now, if you listen to episode 79, which was my interview with Dr. Pooja Agarwal, we spent that entire episode learning about retrieval practice, which is a fantastic, powerful learning tool, where basically you sort of quiz kids on the material, but these are low stakes or no stakes quizzes. And What research has found is that when kids are quizzed on material, they are actually learning it better through that process, through the act of being quizzed. I would strongly recommend you go and listen to it, because I can't do it justice in just a quick paragraph. But that was episode 79. Um, So we talked a lot about retrieval practice, and one of the techniques we talked about is called a brain dump, where students try to recall as much as they can about a given topic without the aid of any supporting texts. So... Graphic organizers could actually be part of a brain dump. You could have them just write everything down on a sheet of paper, and then they can check the text to make sure it's, it's correct. But if you add a step, say you have students sort the dumped information into some kind of a graphic organizer ahead of time, um, maybe even working in pairs, and then have them go into the text, this extra step could further solidify the benefit of the retrieval and help them get really clear on where they have gaps in their knowledge. So those are 10 ways to use uh, graphic organizers. Now before I let you go uh, I just have a couple of tips, for tips that have just come from the research that I've been reading for the most effective ways to use them. So regardless of you know which of those ideas you apply these um, these tips will help you. So the first one is Model how to use the organizers. If students aren't taught how to use graphic organizers through teacher modeling and guided practice where you're sort of checking them and giving them feedback, they won't get very much from them at all. So take the extra step and model their use. The second tip is avoid complete sentences. Unless you have a very good reason to insist that students use complete sentences on their graphic organizers, don't do it. Complete sentences take up too much space, they take longer to write, and the effort that it takes to hold students accountable, you know, you checking and taking points off for no complete sentences, that misses the whole point of the graphic organizer. Show students how to use bullet points and sentence fragments to get the ideas down and then show how they're related. And just a side note, you know, that a lot of the research that I'm seeing says that the simpler the organizer, the more effective it can be, and so, If students are crowding their graphic organizers up with lots and lots of complete sentences, it's just going to make them harder to to process later on when they're looking at them. So model how to use them, avoid complete sentences. And then the the third one is for complex material, consider using teacher-generated organizers. And I I hinted at this a little while ago. In a 2007 study, students who were presented with author-created graphic organizers, along with reading materials, produced evidence of deeper learning in less time than those who had to produce their own graphic organizers. In other words, the researchers said, you know, some of us believe that if kids have to make their own graphic organizers, they'll actually learn it better, you know, that, because they're sort of wrestling more. But what the researchers ended up finding is that when the textbook itself created the organizer with the material in it, it, they, they learned it better. Um, I think part of that may just be that the textbook creator uh, understood the material better than the students who were initially processing it, and they could choose just the very best way of, of displaying it graphically. But um, it's something to keep in mind. Here's another thing. when you, If you do a teacher-created one, and I think it's really a judgment call. It depends on how much you want them wrestling with the organizational system or if you want them to focus their time and energy on learning the content. And the first one is a, it's a respectable goal. Sometimes you want students to really wrestle with an idea but if you really just want them to learn the material or the material is complex enough on its own then presenting them with an organizer is um, it, it could be a good idea. Another thing that you might do is consider filling these organizers out ahead of time partially and having students complete the the rest on their own. So you would give them a, a partially completed graphic organizer. This has also been shown to help students recall information more effectively. And it also sort of teaches them how to take graphic organizer notes on their own when they're on their own. So I would experiment with having them create their own organizers, sometimes creating one that's not filled out, but it was, you know, me who did it, doing some of it with them and having them complete it on their own. And sometimes even giving them graphic organizers that are completely filled out just to show them you know the relationship. You know, there's a there's a lot of research that says when students have to struggle a little bit, they learn things better. And I think that people who study cognitive science are, are always learning more and more about this. Um, so I would I would not give yourself hard and fast rules about this, but see what happens when you try different approaches and see what ends up uh, giving you the best results and just know that that there really is a difference sometimes depending on who does the graphic organizer um, and who completes it. Okay, So model how to use the organizers, avoid complete sentences, consider experimenting with teacher generated organizers and, and partially completed organizers and then the last thing is let students color outside the lines literally just think for a minute about sketchnotes. Sketchnotes are, you've probably seen them around, those really kind of colorful, full of illustrations, and they're sort of windy. And um, these are are new types of notes that have, have become really popular in the last couple of years. Over the last few years, educators are starting to recognize that there really is a lot of power in doodling as a learning tool. So, Graphic organizers can be enhanced with small doodles and other notes that fall outside the basic structure of the organizer. As long as the student can still see the original structure and the drawings make sense to him or her, these enhanced organizers can reinforce concepts even more deeply. I thought I had four tips, but I actually have five. The last one is offer a variety of organizers for day-to-day use. And this is just a just a suggestion. Once your students become familiar with a certain type of organizer, they may find other uses for it that you haven't even thought of. So if you make these available to them, just blank organizers in the same way that you might provide dictionaries or pencil sharpeners, you might find that students start using them even when they haven't been assigned. Like maybe they're talking about, you know what they're going to do that weekend and they they might say to you hey can we use this problem solution organizer and you might be blown away by it but if they start using these as as aids to their thinking you just might be surprised so consider making some available just for you know whenever they want to use them okay that is it I hope you have learned a few things about why graphic organizers are such powerful learning tools and I hope you've thought of a few new ways to use them in your instruction For links to all the resources mentioned in this episode, including my gorgeous graphic organizer multi-pack, visit cultofpedagogy.com slash pod and click on episode 81. To get weekly updates on all my newest blog posts, podcast episodes, and products, sign up for my mailing list at cultofpedagogy.com slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. This podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. To learn more, visit edupodcastnetwork.com.